Get it in here. I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Stay on the Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Welcome back. Hour number two here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this Football Friday. T.C. Martin, Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house. Numbchuck back in the studio. G-Man here making it all happen, setting it up. And uh, we appreciate Moreland Greenwood for joining us last hour, the nine-year NFL veteran linebacker. And uh, he is the director of the NFL Alumni Las Vegas chapter. Appreciate him visiting with us. This hour, Trevor Madge is going to join us. Our best bet segment coming up. A little bit later on, our three best college plays, three best NFL plays per usual. So make sure you hang tight with that. And, of course, everything up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. NFL on Sunday, Monday night football. The Packers and the Lions will dive into all that. And a very, very busy college football Saturday, again, with some pretty good matchups. And we dive into all of it. Join us now, our good friend from Wager Talk, Marco D'Angelo. What is going on, my man? Uh, going good. I can't complain at all. We've uh, had a good run to start the season. NFL was real good to us last day 4-0. And knock on wood, went to the Monday night football game. That was crazy. Ready to keep it rolling. All right, my man. Great to have you with us here again, Mark. We appreciate it. All right, guys, let's start diving into Saturday's action here, college football. Um, let's look at, uh, you know, we got done talking about USC and Clay Helton and what is happening here with the Trojans. Well, they're going on the road this week against Washington State. And a lot of people may not look uh, at this game, but uh, USC is an eight-and-a-half-point uh, favorite. How do you think USC is going to respond with the coaching change going up the Pacific North Northwest and, uh, again, especially already 0-1, losing to Stanford in Pac-12 play? For me, uh, TC, I like to take a team that fired the coach the week before. And I know a lot of people don't like to do that because of the disruption and everything else. But the players want to go out there and prove that it wasn't them <laughs> that was doing it. And uh, I think USC will come to play this week. Uh, they are the better program, obviously. They're still a big favorite on the road. Uh, for me, it's lay it or pass, and uh, they might make my card. Yeah, Washington State is a, a team in flux. I mean, they have a new coach up there after losing the guy to, to Mississippi State, and they played two powder puffs their first week and lost to one of them. So uh, they, they don't look very good up there in, in uh, Spokane, Washington. So Pullman! Pullman, not Spokane. That's, that's Gonzaga. Uh, so close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so close. You are close. You're Pullman, close. Pullman, yeah. Washington. They don't look so good there. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to win many games this this year. So if you're going to play the game, there's only one side to play, and that's the SC side. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they respond. And everything we're hearing out of there is, hey, the players, they, they feeling good. And I think the, you know, the players like the interim coach. You know, who they brought it. Because, again, a lot, this guy recruited a lot of these guys, and they're saying, hey, he's talking about we got to do what's right for the players here. And it's very tough when you make a head coaching change early on in the season. It's one thing towards the end of the season or midway point when you know your season's done. But after 
You know, this team was 1-0 a couple weeks ago. Granted, they beat San Jose State. But then you get embarrassed by Stanford. It's like, okay, as a player thing, okay, we're 1-1. It's early on in the season. We can bounce back. But then when you go through that and you're saying, wow, this is the guy, you know, you know, Clay Hilton, the guy that recruited me and this and that. Now i got to start thinking about maybe transferring. Because who knows what type of coach they're going to bring in. He's going to want to bring in his own guys and that sort of thing. It's going to be someone who's probably, you know, been active, maybe if not coaching this year, but the past couple seasons. So... I like that they're addressing, like, hey, we've got to do what's best for these players right now. And I think that's the thing that that goes unsung. I mean, these are college athletes. This isn't an NFL team where, okay, we just roll the punches. We're getting paid anyway. You know, no problem. But these college kids, I mean, they're they're trying to get to the NFL. They're thinking about their future, and that's why they chose USC. The good part of it is, TC, the fact that they did it early is all of their goals are still in front of them. They weren't going to run the table and go undefeated, but they can still win the Pac-12 and get to a a major bowl. So if they play bad this week, then you got to worry about the season unraveling. But I think you see a good effort this week. All right. Uh, Speaking of the Pac-12, even though you have a a non-conference game, you got Fresno State against uh, UCLA this week. And Fresno State's getting a lot of love uh, from people. And obviously UCLA, they're an improved team. And now we're starting to see the re- rewards, finally, of Chip Kelly and his recruiting. Still got a question mark at quarterback, I think. But uh, how do you handicap UCLA and Fresno State? This is a game I looked at this week, and I ended up I'm not using the game. And the reason being is I like UCLA. I used them against LSU. Like them in that spot. But now, history has shown recently that this is where UCLA comes up flat. <laughs> I haven't seen that consistency from this program and laying that kind of number. And you know for Fresno State, this is a big game for them. Anytime you're one of the little brothers of the state and you're playing one of the big brother teams, you get pumped up. Because a lot of the kids on these smaller te- you know, I don't want to say right. Fresno State's that small. Right. But they're recruit, you know, they wanted to be they're not recruited. A, they're not a power five, yeah. you know, basically. And yeah. So they get pumped up. It's the same way, like, you know, I'm a kid, you know, from Pittsburgh. Anytime Pitt or Penn State would play a Mac school, those Mac kids are pumped up because they got looked over. You know, they they wanted to go there and they didn't get the offers. Yeah, UCLA is, has gotten now two weeks of pats on the back, reading their own press. Hey, we moved to 16. Now we're 13. You guys are the greatest. Can they get motivated to play a team that's very, very good? Fresno State gave Oregon everything they wanted. And then what did Oregon do? They went on the road and beat Ohio State and beat them. So uh, this is a trap for UCLA. Uh, you, if you lay, what is it, 10, 10 and a half points, uh, you've got to do it cautiously because uh, this Fresno team will be in this ballgame for quite some time. Now, does UCLA buckle down and show it a new, a, a new approach that they're in their fourth year? Maybe. They, they need to. Maybe. They sure whacked, took care of Hawaii early, got them out of it, uh, outplayed LSU far better than that score indicated. So maybe they're a better team. Maybe they're special. Time will tell. DTR has not played great at the QB position. He's played okay. Uh, If they can basically use him to use his feet to get him some confidence before he throws. But he's missed guys by five, six yards already that have been wide open. Uh, They could have put that LSU game away much earlier than they did. So uh, time will tell. Uh, It's a great game. Last game on the docket, 745 out here. Very rough for the East Coast viewers to watch such a game. And you can see why there's this East Coast bias. That's, that's a late game. It's a late game for you or I to stay up to 11 o'clock to watch. So uh, 
Uh, very intrigued by it. I'm excited for the game, and uh, I'm hoping UCLA, with a nice effort, just takes care of business. Yeah, Marco, uh, you make a great point, too, because this is where we traditionally see UCLA kind of fall asleep a little bit here. It's one of those situations. But when I, when I match up UCLA and Fresno State, to me, there there is no matchup. I mean, Fresno State still is – and. I don't even want to say a top-tier Mountain West team because there is no such thing, in my opinion, as a top-tier Mountain West team. I mean, they're all pretty much the same. Then, of course, there's UNLV, unfortunately. You know, but I, I expect if UCLA is for real and they want to be considered as a top 10 or a top 15 team, you got to put your pedal to the metal, and you're at home, and you got to take care of business. Yeah. And they should take care of business. Fresno State does not have a dynamic offense, or really, and they're good defensively, but come on, against a, a team, like you said, Brian, that that blasted a, another Mountain West Conference team in Hawaii and, and just really took care of, of one of the better SEC teams. I know LSU's down a little bit, but still, I mean, you got to take care of business. You would hope they take care of business, but these are 18- to 22-year-old kids, and there are letdowns, not just at UCLA, across the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully they play to the level. If they play to the level they played in the first two weeks, they win going away. Yeah. The mm-hmm. question is, will they? All right. Let's uh, go across the country a little bit. I know your least favorite conference, uh, the ACC. Oh, yes. Florida State and Wake Forest. And, oh, my and God, Wake, Florida and, State. And, and Wake is, is a five-point favorite here. I was on the verge of, of taking a shot here with Florida State oh. because of what I did see with Florida State two weeks ago against Notre Dame. And, again, if Mackenzie Milton is the starting quarterback and they give him the job and say, okay, th- I love Mackenzie Milton at Central Florida, I think it's – you know, even before he got injured, I thought he was a fantastic quarterback. And I thought the Central Florida really did him wrong. When he was healthy to come back, they basically said, you know what, we got Gabriel, we got other guys, you know, you go on. And then so even though uh, they lost the game against Notre Dame, I thought, okay, this Florida State team probably has a little bit of momentum. Okay, they, they laid an egg. They played pretty good football for about – you know, 55 minutes, 58 minutes last week until they got they got, they got beat at the end. But uh, now it's an ACC opener. What is going to happen with Florida State this week? I'm going to take it first. They did not play a good 55 minutes of football against Jacksonville State. <laughs> they did not. Their offense did nothing. Oh, they were leading the whole game. Jacksonville State <laughs> lost their first game to UAB 31-0. to yeah. UAB. Who came back to lose 56 to seven? I think to yeah. to, to to Georgia. Florida State is a mess. This is this could be the most embarrassing loss in the last decade of college football. That's how bad Jacksonville State is. And for them to just throw the ball on a single coverage, it was a joke. I I, I just I, I cringe for everybody that's a Florida State fan or an alumni having to watch that because that was humiliating. Yep. That loss. So uh, there's nothing going well at Florida State. They got pats on the back because they almost won <laughs> against Notre Dame. So that's, it's yeah, a joke. No, I, there's yeah. no way I would ever play Florida State the rest of the year. That last completion was 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 embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Marco. For me, and, and I don't disagree with Brian very often, but I'm going to give Florida State <laughs> another shot this week. Yeah. And what I'm looking at in that game is the fact they didn't lose to Jacksonville State. I think they lost to Notre Dame twice. And it was the carryover and the hangover from the week before. Remember, they played on a Sunday. They had to come back on a short week in a game that these kids, you know, had to be deflated the way they came from so far down against Notre Dame to tie it up and lose it at the end in overtime. The kids, I felt, just didn't didn't come. They weren't focused. They felt that, hey, all we had to do was show up and we're going to win this game. And this was, again, one of those little brothers against big brother. Mm-hmm. 
you had uh, Jacksonville State pump sky high. Yeah. Jacksonville State, which is actually in uh, Alabama. Right. Oh, well, yeah, actually, so, you're right. So I think we could put together a team in the sports book right now that could beat Jacksonville State. Well, I'm looking around. Let's see. That, that's how bad this program is. I don't see Jerry the Dentist anywhere. So, so I, I, I just I, 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 I feel bad for Florida State. Yeah. You uh, have seen money come in on the Florida State side. Well, that line has been dropping. I'm with you, Mark. I'm taking a, a, a shot. Forest. I mean, hey. Wake Forest isn't exactly a juggernaut. Uh, right, and, that, and that's why. <laughs> I think there's some value there. And, 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 again, because I like Mackenzie Milton, I'm going to take a shot with Florida State. I'll take Florida that guy State. right there. The Cyclone, uh, yeah, uh, cyclone guy right well, there. He's ready to play. He's, he's ready, ready to go. He's ready to go. He looks like he's ready to play. He's ready to go lead in the stadium. He's ready to go. I'll put him in the field right now. And look at his better half. Look at those two ladies over there sporting the Cyclone colors. I love it. Great to see. Great to see the Iowa State fans so. traveling here to, to right. Vegas. Right. And, uh, hope Marco and I are taking a shot with Florida State. We're going to give him one more shot. Good luck to you. We're going to give one more shot. You <laughs> not be, my money. I'm not right. touching it. And, and, I, won't, I won't go play Wake Forest. Yeah. I, I understand. I'm not going the other way. I understand. Uh, there's going uh-huh. to be a text going on about midday on Saturday <laughs> somewhere between uh, one of us directing the text. I can just already feel that. All right. Alabama, Florida. Alabama, 14 and a half. Do you guys want to get on any any side Ooh. of this game here? And uh, we understand where the tide is. And this Florida team, still not sold on this Florida team. They got a lot of holes on this team. I'm not sold on Alabama. I mean, we know Alabama's good. We know they're going to be good. But we're assuming they're great based off of the first two games. Remember, the first game against Miami, he had all summer to prepare. Coach Saban... There's two things. I mean, he's a good coach, period. But when you give him extra time, game one, you've got all summer. A bowl game, you've got three weeks. He's the best in the business. And last week playing Mercer, you you can't get anything from that. So if Florida's going to have a shot, they need to be able to run the football. And I think they have a chance to do that and set up the, the passing game and can hang with them. We'll see what happens. This is another one where you've seen the, the money come a little bit to the Florida side, and we know the public's not betting early in the week, especially against Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. this, this is the spot to bet Alabama uh, when they're on the road laying around two touchdowns uh, because they can only travel 80-something guys, and so their depth is, is even their, the third guy that goes in, they're still not going to get back to word on that for generally. When they're at home, you could put anybody in, and, and, and a 35-point lead can evaporate into where you blow a 20-something point spread. So if you're going to play the game and you like Alabama, this is a good spot to do it. Uh, there's not enough that's been seen for me to lay 15, 14 points uh, at this point in the, in the swamp. And, and you've got to think that there are going to be a lot of people in Gainesville excited for this game. All right, that other team in Alabama, Auburn, going up Ooh. to uh, Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Penn State, a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. You know, Auburn has a lot of returning talent. I mean, you, you've got Nick's back at quarterback. You've got the running backs. Uh, this is still a very potent team. But, again, we have seen, you know, Auburn – just really crumble you know we saw him crumble in the bowl game last year against north northwestern uh lost gus malls on his job now they're kind of starting over again and again how much do we trust penn state they look fantastic against wisconsin but i, I kind of curbed that back a little bit yeah. the score was nothing nothing at halftime right yeah. and they got outgained and everything and they played a, a very good you know fourth quarter I, we still don't know how good penn state is and i'll throw this in too there's been the rumblings about James Franklin and USC going on there this week as well, too. So, to me, interesting game. I was close to trying to take a shot with Auburn as the dog here and one of my best bets, but I'm, I'm probably going to lay off. May get involved in a teaser with Auburn. How do you guys see this? 
for me, I look at Auburn and, you know, Bo Nix, although he's had games where he's been super, too often the big game, he lays an egg for me. And, you know, this a little bit of a homer comment for me, but if you've never been to a whiteout game at Happy Valley, it, it can be intimidating. Look at all the good Ohio State teams that have come in there and played on the whiteout games and how Penn State, you know, took them right to the limit or pulled an upset. I don't see Bo Nix going in there and having a good game. Now, Penn State, I'll admit, I went against them in the Wisconsin game, and I feel I deserved a better fate in that game, <laughs> but they got the win nonetheless. They came back last week, and that was a sandwich spot for them that they could have, that they should have laid down, you know, coming off Wisconsin and Auburn on deck, and the fact that they took care of business tells me this team's focused after a bad year last year, and they're going to get better on offense as the season goes along. They changed coordinators in the offseason, and last year was you know, a mess of a year with COVID and everything. This team's going to get better. We'll find out how good Penn State is this week. And Penn State took care of a, a better-than-expected Ball State team. Ball State had won, I want to say, seven, eight, maybe nine in a row going into that game, and, and I thought when I turned it on the TV, they'd be competitive for half, and it was not. Penn State was very good in that football game. Uh, the Ron uh, Franklin uh, thing might be a case, but uh, I cannot see what I think is a pretty weak Auburn team uh, going up there. I think you're going to see uh, Penn State pull away in the second half and win by a couple of touchdowns. All right. We'll check it out. All right. Uh, we've got Cyclone fans in the building here today. Yes. Uh, will there be more Cyclone fans at Elysian Stadium tomorrow night than UNLV fans? That's the question. Uh, they, this group over here says absolutely yes. The number 31 and a half, Iowa State coming off of that, I'm going to say it, embarrassing loss to Iowa last week. Uh, am I wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, come on. You can't beat Iowa? What's that, five years in a row now? Yeah, come on. It's time to get so six years. Look at this. She stands corrected. Yeah. Look at this. All right. That's, you, a, that's a tough game. I mean, that is the in-state rival. And they, they've, they've, they've had the, their, their, their number. Iowa has had their number no matter what. This Iowa State team is very good. UNLV played a pretty good half of football last week against Arizona State, and then they fell apart. They still got the cover. 31 points, that seems like a lot of points yeah. to me with a team that doesn't look like they're really offensively talented as uh, for Iowa yeah. State. But as you know, UNLV does not look like a great football team. So to me, I, I would take a shot with the home team. To see Brock Purdy get pulled out yeah. of this game was, was a little bit shocking. It was like they, like they waved the white flag at this point, and especially for a guy who is a Heisman candidate. They had a bunch of turnovers, and they, the game got away from them. Yeah. So they, they were happens. terrible. They, 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 they were not were good. Terrible. Again, they were ranked in the top ten when the yeah. year started. Somebody yeah. thought they were a pretty darn good football yeah. team. So uh, this, to me, could be a letdown. I don't know. We, we buying into this Big Ten much better than the Big 12? Because that's, that's the way it looked. Well, the Big, 12 is, the Big 12 is a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. I mean, uh, it, 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 and you can look at Texas, for example. Yeah. You know, they're still part of the Big 12. Yeah. They're supposed to be on the up. And Arkansas humiliated right. them last yeah. week. Yeah, so we've seen that before. The Big 12, uh, it's Oklahoma and everybody else. All right. I want no part of laying 31 points. That's <laughs> not my my nature. <laughs> right. But I, there's no way I would take UNLV in this game. This is what I think Arizona State and Herm Edwards, I don't think Herm Edwards wanted to embarrass you. I agree. 
Okay, yeah. I think they took the foot off the gas in that game, went with a vanilla offense because they got some big games coming up. Arizona State just mm. all they had to do was win. You've got an angry team here mm-hmm. <laughs> in Iowa State. I think they're not going to call the dogs off if they get a big lead. And there is a lot of Iowa State fans that made the trip to this game. Mm-hmm. They actually, I, I heard, I saw a story that they bought a lot of. It was cheaper, better for them to buy season tickets for UNLV. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's true. It, That's it, hilarious. It, it is, and you know, it's yeah. the, so they can come to this game, right. And then just you know, sell the rest of the tickets. Yeah, well, good luck selling the other tickets. But you're right. But Instead we, of just getting a, a standalone. And not game. only this group. That's about the fifth group of Iowa State guys that have come through. So oh, yeah. it's nice to see them come through. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe uh, you know cheap tickets for uh, Ames, Iowa to, to Las Vegas if you book them in advance. There you go. All right. All right. Marco D'Angelo, Brian Benowitz, T.C. Martin in the house here on this Football Friday. When we come back, we'll take a look at the NFL and then best bets coming your way. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. Oh, for crying out loud. The, the doctor. doctor. You watch your language on the air. T.C. Martin. Back at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this Football Friday, T.C. Martin. Don't forget, you can uh, check out all of our interviews, the Best Bet segment. It's all up online, plus our latest blogs at tcmartinshow.com. The Best Bets, up under the Best Bets tab as well. And, of course, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m., wherever you may be, always streaming live. And, of course, here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, each and every Friday here in the Sportsbook, powered by William Hill. And if you don't have the mobile app yet, get it. It is so easy to use. Whether you're a local or you are a tourist, Use the mobile app. Avoid the long lines, especially on Saturday and Sunday afternoons here. And uh, it is so easy to use. And plus, you get the opportunity to get free money in your account. Plain and simple. Use the promo code TC50. When you open a brand new account with William Hill, you deposit at least $50 in your account. Boom! They will give you an additional $50. Just use the promo code TC50. Not only here at the Cosmopolitan, but any of the William Hill sports books around town or the kiosks uh, at, at all the places, whether they're the, the PTs, Golden Entertainment, the 7-Elevens, they're all there for you. But come over here to the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Promo code TC50, $53 in your account, just like Double B. Use yeah. that free money. It was it was fantastic. I, of course, blew it immediately. So don't <laughs> do what I did when you bet on it. But uh, it, it's, it's a great promo. It uh, gives, you, gives you a free roll, $50 on, on, on anything you want to wager on. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, before we get into our best bets, I want to bring in our good friend who does a great job, of course, year after year after year with ESPN, the college football. You can see him on SportsCenter. You can see him all the time. And, and you listen to him on Saturdays. If you're driving around, you're at home, whatever. This guy's like on the air for like eight hours, at least eight, ten hours, uh, talking about every college football game on ESPN Radio. We're talking about the one and only Trevor Maddich, the 15-time Emmy Award winner, and of course the former NFL player for 12 seasons in the NFL, and the national champion from the 84 BYU team. What is up, Trev? I am doing great, TC. Can't wait for this weekend of games. Trevor Maddich, 3-0, ladies and gentlemen, on the college side. Uh, again, everyone here at this uh, this table uh, rocked it last week, so congratulations, my friend, for, for doing it, and we expect nothing less than 3-0 again from you. Yeah, no, I, that's good. I, I appreciate that. Those picks felt good. My NFL picks felt good, too. But I tell you, the Green Bay Packers, 
just laid an egg that I did not see coming for my picks. All right. Marco D'Angelo has joined us along with Double B, Brian Benowitz here. Uh, Marco, underdogs last week, 12-4, and four, nine dogs in the NFL win outright. That's the most in week one in the Super Bowl era of the last 55 years. We you were a little I surprised. Three, I had three of them on my card uh, that helped me with my uh, 4-0. And oh. I was on the Saints. I was oh. on Cleveland. Had to sweat that a little bit at the end. And uh, my uh, biggest play of the weekend was Arizona. Cleveland never in doubt. Are you kidding? Never in <laughs> doubt last week. Wire to wire almost, except they, they, they faded at the stretch. But from a cover standpoint, they well, got underneath they the got, five and They half. got a punter that can't receive the ball. <laughs> and dropped it. And, yes, this is true. And let, you know. All right, Casey. Before, field before we dive into our best bets, uh, real quick opinion from everybody here, okay? We saw what the Raiders did on Monday night. They cashed uh, tickets uh, for us, you know, as the underdog against the the Ravens. Now they go on the road, short week, going to Pittsburgh, early game. Marco, you know all about Heinz Field and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh laying six here. How do you feel about the Steelers and the Raiders? Well, this is actually one of my best bets. Uh, I'm on the total in this game. It is a horrible spot for the Raiders, no doubt. Off the Monday night game, the way the game unfolded, the way they got the win, now travel cross country, play a 1 o'clock game, all of that. But the Pittsburgh Steelers got a win they did not deserve last week at all. And their offensive line is going to be a work in progress all year. There was only one holdover from last year, and he's not even playing the position that he played last year. So it's going to take time for this team to gel offensively. And forget the score you saw in the Raiders last week. Stone cold under in that game the whole way. I think you see another low-scoring game in Heinz Field. If you ask me for the win, I'll be happy with a Pittsburgh win by seven, but I'm under 47 for my flight. Couldn't be a worse spot for the Raiders. Monday night win, a huge high. Las Vegas going crazy. Go on the road all the way to Pittsburgh. Early game. Josh Jacobs out. However, Pittsburgh looked, their offense looked pathetic against the Bills. Uh, They got a great block punt. They gutted out. Their defense was very good. So you want to see what probably equates, just like Marco said, to a low game. This could be a 13 to 10 type of game. Uh, and then if that does happen, yeah. you're you're live with the dog. All right, Trevor, your thoughts, Pittsburgh and the Raiders. Well, my thoughts are to add to what the other guys are saying that the the key to this game will be whether or not the Raiders can protect Derek Carr, and I don't think they'll be able to. I think the Pittsburgh pass rush will take over especially in the second half if Pittsburgh takes a lead, which I think they will, even if it's a small one, and that crowd goes completely, absolutely nuts. I think the the rebuild of the Raiders' offensive line is still a big question mark for me, but the Steelers' pass rush is not a question mark. I like the Steelers to cover. All right. Leatherwood did not look very good. No, no. Leatherwood, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? The false start penalty from inside the one? How does that happen? And you're a one-inch away. And you're a first-round pick? Trevor, I mean, you're you're the first-round pick. You're the offensive lineman. Can you believe what your eyes saw in that crucial situation Monday night? You know, in in fairness to Leatherwood, I don't want to be too, too hard on him, but in fairness to him, he wasn't all that good at times in Alabama. That's right. I didn't think he was a first-round pick. Right. There were too many times when he was able to just sort of latch on and ride a pass rusher around the corner and barely got it done. Well, in college, that still gets it done. In the NFL, that's a big hit on the quarterback. All right. 
All right, uh, guys, let's, uh, it's Trevor, I'll start with you here. As we look at Kansas City and Baltimore, the, uh, Lamar Jackson 0-3 against the, the Chiefs, but Baltimore is at home getting 3.5. I know a lot of people think, hey, maybe a good bounce-back situation here for Baltimore. Kansas City, they looked a little flawed last week, even though we know Patrick Mahomes is fantastic in September. Trevor, some thoughts on Baltimore and Kansas City. Well, this is, this is one of my picks for the NFL. I um, like the Chiefs in this. And I like them a lot. Even when, when the Ravens are healthy, the Chiefs tend to smoke them. And right now the Ravens are seriously hurting, especially on the offensive line where they really struggled last week. Their running backs, they're down to about their third or fourth guy now. And, and the, the quarterback zone regame that the Baltimore Ravens like to run with Lamar Jackson requires the running back to run the right path and to not cause a fumble because he's not sure if he's supposed to keep the ball or not keep the ball. And when you're in the face of a defense, sometimes that's a whole lot harder than in practice. And so I think there are a lot of reasons why the injuries are going to cause the Ravens to not be able to operate very well in this game. I like the Chiefs. All right. I'm going to go with the under in the first half in this game. And although I agree with everything you just said about the running backs, Baltimore still has to come out and try to establish the running game. They are not going to win a game with Kansas City in a shootout. That's not going to happen. And so by taking the first half under rather than full game, I know that they're going to keep trying that game plan until they fall behind by two scores. And that's what happens with teams. If you look last week, Cleveland ran for 153 yards against Kansas City, but they abandoned the run because you know it became a shootout. And then when they fell behind, Baltimore will try to do it. And if Lamar Jackson can hold on to the football, you know, he's still tough to bring down, even if he doesn't have running backs back there as a threat. Uh, one of the things I noticed about Baltimore is their plays take so long to develop. Uh, it, 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 their best plays are when Jackson gets out of the pocket or it's breaking down, and then maybe you got Hollywood Brown or you got Andrews uh, streaking open. But that's when it seemed like that they were very few times that they could just step back and pop and get 10 yards and do things. So. Uh, with their offensive line woes and their inability to run, it's, it's going to be a tricky spot for them. So uh, uh, I, I really would be very hesitant to play them in this spot. All right. All right, guys. Let's uh, dive into it. Our best bets now. It's Football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. Right, we are three best college plays, our three best NFL, and we got Marco D'Angelo joined us, a handicapper extraordinaire from Wager Talk, Brian Benowitz, myself, and of course, Trevor Maddich. And Marco, we'll let you kick us off here today. Give us your three best on the college side. My three best on the college side, I'm going to start with, I'm going against my hometown Pitt Panthers, Western Michigan plus 14 and a half. Pitt off a big game last week in Tennessee. Stanford at Vanderbilt. I'm taking Vandy plus the points. This is the mother of all sandwich games. Stanford coming off a win over USC. And they got UCLA on deck. And they got to travel cross country. I'm not buying it. And then I like Arizona State minus the three and a half against BYU. BYU off two big games in a row. They opened up Allegiant Stadium. Then they played their arch rival, Utah, and finally was able to beat them. I look for them to come up flat. I like Arizona State. They played vanilla last week. All right. Arizona State, Vandy, 
and Western Michigan. In Western Michigan. Okay, look at Marco going with the Mickey Mac. Look at that, huh? That's impressive. Okay. Double B. Let's go, man. Boy, that BYU game was exciting. I'll start with that last week to see them win the Holy War. Yes. Uh, I'm betting against the Miami Hurricanes. That's what it comes down to. I think Michigan State's a better team in every spot here. I'm getting six points. I'll take Michigan State early, early, early at 9 a.m. in Miami. Uh, next, I'm going to go with Colorado over Minnesota. I've watched Minnesota play twice. Their defense is terrible. They're without their running back, and uh, they barely beat a very poor Miami of Ohio team last week. Colorado should have beaten uh, Texas A&M. I'll lay the two and a half there. Lastly, I'm going to go back to the ACC. Look at this. I'm taking Virginia, who just looked dynamite last week, against what I think is just an overrated North Carolina team. So I'll take those eight points. All right. Boy, go. that was some quick analysis. Quick. Usually you got all the notes in front of you. Quick. I can't believe it. Wait, where are you going quick today? Well, this problem, is not a no huddle today. I know. I, well, you know, usually you're doing this to me. I usually am. Usually, yeah. usually It's because you have four pages of but, notes on each game. I do I do normally have my yeah. notes, but I had pickleball last night, a little bike ride today. And so look what I'm saying. I'm a little today, behind with today that. Today I'm doing this. I'm doing stretch. Stretch. He's trying to stretch me out. It's <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So. And he, he comes quick. I like, speed. Especially like uh, the NFL plays. I'm used to that with him. Boom, boom, boom. But the college, I mean, he's going to. I usually have my notes here, but okay. I, I had to eat lunch with you, All too, right. so that was, the notes would have been This nice. is true. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Here's the guy that can break it down, though. X's and O's. I don't mind him taking a sweet time because we love the analysis. Trevor Maddich, 3-0 last week on the college side. What do you got, my man? Well, first of all, is pickleball, is that where you, it's like baseball, but you swing a giant pickle? No, no, that would be cricket. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, well, as long as we can put pickles to good use, that's a good thing. Okay. I'm going to go with Stanford Vanderbilt, but I'm going to take the opposite side. I like Stanford to cover the 12 and a half. I think Vanderbilt is just absolutely awful. They average about three yards per carry on the ground in their first two games against really bad competition. And... They can't defend the pass. They can throw the ball, but they can't rush the passer. When you look at Stanford, Stanford coming off that big win against USC, I think they're going to have a lot of momentum. I think they're going to be on a roll. And by switching quarterbacks to Tanner McKee as the full-time quarterback, their passing game just lit on fire last week against USC. And I just don't see anywhere that Vanderbilt can slow these guys down. I don't think it will be that hard at all for Stanford to cover against Vandy. Then I have got West Virginia lay the points two and a half over, excuse me, Virginia Tech lay the points over West Virginia. West Virginia started out pretty hot against an FCS team, okay. But then last week they got outplayed by a mile by Maryland. They gave up almost 500 yards of total offense. Um, they couldn't run the ball, West Virginia. The quarterback wasn't all that good. They, he, and Virginia Tech quarterback Braxton Burmeister has been a real revelation throwing the ball but especially running the ball. I think the West Virginia defensive line will get after, uh, or excuse me, the Virginia Tech. When you put Virginia into both, it messes up my brain. I think the Virginia Tech defensive line will cause all kinds of problems for West Virginia's passing attack. And I think West Virginia will absolutely take over with physical play in the second half and cover. And then my third game is Ohio State laying 24-and-a-half to Tulsa. Now, Tulsa's 0-2. One of those is to an FCS team, UC Davis, that we all know and love. Yes. And they're not very good at Tulsa. Ohio State is licking their wounds, and they know that now that they have a home loss, they have to look thoroughly, crushingly dominating 
in order to have a chance to get back into the playoff hunt because the committee will look at that home loss and downgrade them significantly for it if they don't look dominating the rest of the way. I think that the defense will play a lot better. They have to because they were so bad in missing so many assignments last week against Oregon. I think they'll clean that up, and I think that the offense will make a point to go score 50. I think Ohio State covers that big number, and Tulsa is in a very bad place to play a team that's so wounded. You know, I agree wholeheartedly with Trevor, and that's one game I kind of overlooked, and that was my same logic. Remember when I took Wisconsin last week? You know, over the Mickey Mac, because I'm thinking the same thing. Wisconsin's going to make a statement. And uh, so, Trevor, I like your pick. And I have no problem laying that with you as well. I think Ohio State scores 55, 58, 60 points. Tulsa Tulsa should have beaten o- Oklahoma State I understand. last week, but they didn't. Yeah. They had so many chances to win that game oh. and didn't. It and was, Oklahoma State has. And Oklahoma State does not look like a great football No, they're, they're void on defense as well. Okay, Trevor Maddich going with Stanford plus 12.5, Virginia Tech minus 2.5, and, and Ohio State minus 24. And and a half. All right, guys, I am going to go to the big house. That's right, Northern Illinois and Michigan. 27 and a half is the number. Michigan is 2-0 and uh, as they uh, defeated uh, Western Michigan and then last week, University of Washington last week. But this offense still is not clicking. What passing game? Double B, we talked about that before. They continue to struggle. Caden McNamara, he's only thrown 26 passes the last two weeks. I'm taking the Huskies, Northern Illinois. I know that they're not the same Northern Illinois team that we've seen in years past. They're coming off a tough loss, believe it or not, to Wyoming. But let's go back two weeks ago. They went to Georgia Tech and beat Georgia Tech on the road as a big underdog, won the game outright. This Northern Illinois team can move the ball down the field. They can score, and I'm going to give you the name, the classic name. And Trevor knows what I'm talking about here. Rocky Lombardi, the transfer from Michigan State. Oh, and by the way, what happened, Double B, the last time Rocky Lombardi was on this field at the big house last year? Rocky Lombardi led Michigan State to the victory over the Wolverines in the big house. He's not intimidated of, of Big Blue. He knows his field. He knows the locker room. He's not afraid of 110,000. I am going to say take 27.5 with Northern Illinois. That's right. And uh, by the way, old Rocky, 323 yards last year against Big Blue. Three touchdowns. Give me the 27.5 with Rocky Balboa Lombardi. Wow. You liked that, didn't you? That was good. That was, that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to keep it up here. And I know I'm going to get some detractors with my next pick as well, too, because a lot of the public's on the Purdue Boilermakers. As Lee Corso would say with his pencil, number two pencil, as Trevor knows, not so fast, my friend, taking the Irish lane a touchdown here. A lot of Boilermaker people drinking this Kool-Aid, black and gold Kool-Aid. No, the big drum will not make its way into South Bend, into Notre Dame Stadium. It's not, it's not going to fit. It's not going to come. Notre Dame doesn't want that big drum. Forget about it. You know, the Irish, they looked a little shaky for about three quarters against Toledo last week. But you know what? They are not going to be looking ahead. Uh, You know, when you look at Purdue, they lost their last four games last year to Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, and Nebraska, and got crushed by all of those teams. And then this year, okay, good deal. They they are 2-0. They beat Oregon State. You know what they did against, against Oregon State and UConn? They averaged two yards per rush. 
that's not going to get it done against the Irish. So, yes, uh, they also lost their leading running back, uh, um, uh, Xander Horvath. He's out due to injury last week. I don't know how they're going to go run against the Irish D, so I have no problem laying seven with the Irish against Purdue. We know Notre Dame was asleep last week until they woke up in the fourth quarter. They're not going to be asleep for an in-state rival, and they're hearing all of this hype about people in West Lafayette. Oh, Purdue's coming to get you. No, I'll lay the seven with the Irish. And here we go. Northwestern in Duke. Duke 2-8 and eight last year. Sorry, Laura. Dukies are going to get smoked by the Northwestern Wildcats. This year, they're 1-1. One one. They beat that vaunted North Carolina A&T team. But you know what happened? The week before, they lost to Charlotte. They lost to Charlotte. Lost bad. Too. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this program has really fallen on, on hard times. It's too bad because I kind of like David Cutcliffe, but no. Nah, I mean, people have caught up to his offense and everything. They gave up 478 yards to Charlotte. All right, and let's go back to last year. You know, they lost to NC State by 11. They lost to Florida State by 21. They lost to Georgia Tech by 23. They lost to North Carolina by 32. They lost to Miami by 48. Northwestern, this team was in the Big Ten championship game last year. Oh, and by the way, last time we saw Northwestern, remember the bowl game? Was it the Florida Citrus Bowl? They blasted Auburn in this game. I like Northwestern in this. I think it's a mismatch. All right. That's that's some passion. I got some passion going. There you go. All right. Marco, start us off in the NFL. All right. Well, I already gave you one. That is the Raiders in Pittsburgh under 47. We're going to go to the team that everybody's in love with now, Matthew Stafford in the L.A. Rams. They, everybody saw him on Sunday Night Football, all the hype leading up to the game. They finally got their quarterback, just penciled him into the Super Bowl, right? Wrong. We're going with the Indianapolis Colts, plus the points at home. The Rams got to travel cross-country uh, off the Sunday Night game. And if you look at who they got next week, they play Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. That's a big game. I think this line's too high. I will take the Colts. Another one that I, everybody I think is going to be popular play, Dallas plus the points. I'm not going there. I am taking the Chargers. Everybody's going to look and say they almost beat Tom Brady last week. Dak is back. Well, you know what? Dak is back. But you know what else is back? That horrible defense. <laughs> Up and down the field did Tampa Bay go. And if Tampa doesn't have four turnovers in that game, they lose by three touchdowns. It wouldn't even have been close. And in the NFL, if you're plus three turnover margin, you win over 90% of the time. That's a bad sign for Dallas. And, of course, you know who else is back? Mike McCarthy. I'll take the Chargers. You know who else is back, too? Probably about 60,000 Cowboy fans in that stadium at SoFi Stadium. They won't, they're not going to be any blue and gold with the Chargers, right? Very little. Yeah, they, they no don't have much of a advantage. fan base there. Double B, what do you got? Well, I'm going to stick with what I talked to you about at lunch. I'm going against the Buffalo Bills all season. They're the most overhyped team I've seen in a long time, and they were awful. Pittsburgh's got a very good defense, but they did not do anything in that ball game to, to show me that they could be a, a championship team. Now they got to go down and play our buddy Tua, and coming off of a nice win against uh, New England, I'll take three points, or three and a half points. Uh, give me that extra yep. half. Yeah, three and it. a half. Yep. Uh, next, I'm going to take three points at home with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure if they're as good as they looked 
or was Atlanta that bad? Philly looked amazing in that football game. The 49ers looked great against the lowly Lions, but then lo and behold, here come the Lions. Almost covered that game at the end. Uh, you know, they're they're picking up another onside kick away from maybe uh, challenging to win that game. So I did not like the way the 49ers finished that game, and I really liked the way the Eagles played. So I'll take the three points at home. I think that's kind of a gift. Lastly, I thought the best team in all of football, uh, pro football last week, was the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they went and just massacred the Titans, who were supposed to be a good team. Now you get these Vikings, who I think's a mess. I think they're a mess. And, and they were kind of lucky even to get into overtime in that game and end up losing to uh, uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati of all teams. Now they got to go for the, the Cardinals opener. Cardinals only laying three. Easy money. All right. Trevor Maddich, what do you got? NFL side. I'm going the other way on the Bills. I think they're a wounded team. I think they gave the game away last week against the Steelers with that blocked punt for a touchdown. They threw an interception. They had a couple of fourth down attempts that they got stuffed on, which has the effect of having two more turnovers. And I think they're going to come out on fire. They can't afford to start 0-2. And from a historical standpoint, Josh Allen has owned Miami. He's 5-1 and against Miami. For some reason, he excels when he plays against the Dolphins. And so I think the Bills, the combination of Allen and how he does normally against the Dolphins, and especially the fact that the Bills are, I believe, a very good team, probably one of the eight most talented team teams in the league. They're going to come out on fire with desperation mode now, and I think they cover those points. Then, Denver. I've got six uh, laying six against the Jaguars, and I think the Broncos any day of the week against the Jaguars. I, I'd actually lay more points uh, against the Jaguars. <laughs> okay. The Jaguars are just they're just awful right now, and the matchups are so in favor of the Broncos. I mean, last year the Jaguars' offensive tackles combined to allow for 27 sacks. They they seem to have done better last week against Houston, but they're not going to. You know, they're going to face a much better pass rush that the Broncos will bring in. Even if Bradley Chubb can't play or if he's limited, Von Miller, they're not going to be able to handle him. And I think the Broncos are going to be able to, to rush Trevor Lawrence with four guys and play exotic coverages behind. And a combination of a lack of quality pass protection for Lawrence and a lack of quality receivers that can get open quickly with what the defense can do to him to mess with him means that as the game goes on, there will end up being some desperation throws by Lawrence, and I think there will be some turnovers. I think the Broncos are going to pressure him in the pocket, possibly create some turnovers that way. I just don't see any matchups that tell me that the Jags have any opportunity to play off of some sort of an advantage. It's all Broncos, and I'm laying the points. And then, like I talked about before, I like the Chiefs over the Ravens and lay the points. The, the Ravens are banged up. They're banged up in the secondary. They're banged up on the offensive line. Last week, Lamar Jackson only attempted two throws that went 20 yards in the air or more, in part because he didn't have protection to sit back in the pocket to try it, mostly because of the tackles. So now all of a sudden, you've got Lamar running around, not having enough protection. That's an issue. On the other side of the ball, there is no better quarterback under pressure in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. And we know that the Ravens' defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, loves to blitz. He loves to try to blitz Mahomes. And normally when he does, Mahomes torches him. 
And so if they let Mahomes stay back in the pocket, they'll get shredded because of the injury situation in their secondary. If they try to blitz, they'll get shredded even worse because Mahomes excels at that. I like the, the Chiefs lay the points. And again, I would lay more points than this. All right. Uh, I'm going to be on this Buffalo-Miami game as well, too, and I'm going to side with you, Trevor. I like Buffalo in this situation. And my theme with the NFL this week is that my theme is good teams coming off embarrassing losses, and I, I agree with you. I think the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams, and they had a rough outing against Pittsburgh. Again, we can't get too caught up in what we saw last week with a lot of these teams. Tua wasn't very good last week against New England with only 185 yards, and, and Miami ran for only 74. Remember the last meeting? Buffalo D confused Tua last year, and they beat him 56-26. to 26. I think Buffalo gets right this week, and I got no problem laying three and a half. There's going to be a lot of Bills fans down in Miami as well, too. I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. A game that I'm going to jump all over here is the Cleveland Browns here. I know a lot of people don't want to lay 13. It's the Houston Texans. I'm going to lay it. Cleveland played very well, well enough to win. They probably should have beat Kansas City last week. They actually dominated them for most of the game. They had 450 yards of offense. Baker Mayfield had 304 through the air. Houston beat Jacksonville last week. They would have lost to anybody else. So you're getting a Browns team at a very bad time if you're Houston here. And, uh, again, they got a loss. They got a home opener with so much that is expected of this team. I think this is blowout city. I know don't like to lay 13, but I think this thing will be covered early. Uh, Browns are going to roll in this one. And another team last week that looked horrible, but I think they bounced back, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Now you're getting six and a half at Seattle. Tennessee coming off that loss to Arizona, and I agree with you, Brian. You know, Arizona will look good. They're going to be a good team this year. But I got faith in Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, and Seattle is famous for letdowns at home. We've seen them lose to lesser opponents in the past. Go back to last season when they lost to the Rams in the playoffs, the team that eliminated them with Rams had those injuries and everything. And then earlier, a few weeks earlier, they lost to the Giants at home. Uh, so I think Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball. I think Derrick Henry can pound the ball right at him. I think this could be an outright winner for the Tennessee Titans. And I'm going to throw a fourth in there just, just for the sake of it. I know we're taking three. Lay 11 with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are going to get right. Detroit is always the remedy for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers has always lit them up. Up, uh, won nine of the last 11 meetings uh, in Green Bay and covered uh, Detroit against them. 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think the Packers get right here. Oh, and by the way, the Packers have won their last eight home openers. You know, it's getting, I'm not going to put that as my best bet, but there's just a there's just an added bonus there. A little added bonus. There you go. All right. There's our best bets. They're all on the website at TC Martin Show. Com. Trevor, we appreciate you, my man. We'll be listening to you on the doing your marathon on ESPN Radio tomorrow. How's that? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Trevor. Appreciate you. Great stuff. Uh, Trevor Maddich always joins us here, the 15-time Emmy Award winner. I told you last time with Trevor, you could have just played the T.C. Martin show for his what he talked about for the Oregon uh, Oklahoma or Ohio State game. That's right. His analysis was so spot on. Yep. I watched it the next morning on uh, on ESPN and he was basically just repeated exactly what he said on preview for yep. the post game. So there you go. Uh, just it's it's great to have him on here. All right. Marco, we appreciate you being here my man. You can Anytime. follow him at wagertalk.com. Marco's picks are there. The guy is on fire. So uh, continued success and always love having you on, man. 
Appreciate it. All right. I want to thank Numchuck back in the studio. And, uh, of course, the G-Man, Gilby, the intern. We got your picks as well, too, my man. So we appreciate you and everybody else. Appreciate everyone joining us here at the Cosmopolitan. Come on, join us each and every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. And, of course, you can always listen to the show Monday through Friday, streamed live at tcmartinshow.com. Jerry the Dennis, Olga, the Winnipeg gang in town here. There you go. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Miss Saskatchewan is running around here in front of the, the lightning machine. She's around here somewhere. Everyone's here. All right. And, of course, get down here to the Cosmopolitan John Legend in concert. I know it's sold out. But uh, come on down here. Eat. Gamble. And, of course, come to the Sportsbook powered by William Hill. Use the promo code TC50 for $50 free in a brand-new account. All right. And we will talk to everyone on Monday when we recap a very busy weekend. Double B, thank you. Marco, everybody else. And if you miss any part of the show, you know where to go, the website at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy your football. We reconvene Monday at 2 p.m.